1: This is Jordan Moorhead with the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, a different guest for us, Jamie Hammonds with Documenting Documenting Austin's Streets and Homeless is on to tell us all about what he's working on and how we can even help. Hey, Jamie, how are
0: you? Hey, how's it going, Jordan?
1: Good to see you again. I like following all your progress and seeing what you're up to. And I know you're up to some cool stuff you're going to tell us about here.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So for really, for people who aren't
1: aware of what you're up to, can you tell people what documenting Austin's streets and homeless is and what you do?
0: Yeah, so it, it's kind of changed a little bit uh, throughout the last year. We started out basically just making videos of public safety failures, uh, the homeless issue here in Austin. Uh, But within the last few months, uh, we've started changing and going more towards services side. Uh, We're still making content, making videos. But at the same time, excuse me, we are um, actually in the camps um, with the homeless folks. We're getting them signed up for services, getting them in the pipeline, because it is a lengthy process once you get your name in the hopper, so to speak. And not only that, but uh, we are actually planning a series of cleanups through the city. I think right now we're looking at doing six initially, uh, picking sites. Uh, We're we're looking at mainly doing public sites, so parks or green belts, Mm -hmm. uh, where these abandoned. And I want to, it is going to be abandoned camps. We're not looking at doing anything where there's people living. Uh, but we're going to go in with a group of volunteers and clean these things out and get these public spaces open back up for the public. So oh. that, that's pretty much what we're focused on at the moment.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's it really that's makes a huge cool. impact to clean it up does. areas that are dirty. So, Jamie, how did you get into this? What What drew you to being interested in, you know, documenting Austin streets and homeless?
0: Well, I would say about 10, 11 years ago, um, I actually kind of found myself somewhat homeless uh, here in Austin. Um, I'd went through a divorce um, and, and, you know, that's a tough time for anybody, especially, you know, when you're young and uh, moved down here to Austin and found myself kind of living in my car. Uh, and then um, at the church ba- uh, right over by the Capitol. So I have some experience with being homeless. Um, I have a lot of compassion for these folks. I know kind of what they're dealing with. And uh, <clears throat> last year, I was working down off 183 in Breaker, and uh, I saw a group of kids kind of in a wooded area, and you could see the homeless camp. I mean, it was an abandoned camp, and they were... Sure enough, just playing in it, you know, picking things up and, you know, as kids will do. And I went on about my day and uh, not long after I'd stopped back by, there was nobody in that camera. I just happened to walk in there to see, you know, what, what it was about. Found, you know, liquor bottles and needles and, you know, all manner of junk in that these kids were playing in. And so I uh, got my phone out, took some video of it and put it on the internet and it just kind of blew up overnight. next thing you know, I was on Fox News and, you know, the uh, Fox News National and uh, the news stations around here in Austin. And I got to thinking, like, uh, you know, you can't see these places. They're off the beaten path, so to speak. They're in the woods. You can't see them. And I kind of wanted to know what it was about. So I started hiking the green belts and hiking the wooded areas. And, man, would you know it? There's so much out there that people don't know about. And it's shocking once you see it and, and and people have no clue it's there Mm -hmm. since I've been doing this, uh, especially on Twitter, people reach out to me all the time. Uh, they're in their neighborhoods. They have a green belt around their neighborhood and they ask me if I could take them into the green belt uh, and show them. And some of these people are, you know, living a hundred yards away from these massive camps, uh, especially the abandoned ones. They just have no clue they're there. Uh, but uh, it, it's the problem is only growing at this point. So it, it's it, it's really important that, you know, we we try to, you know, push our council members into making some changes and addressing this issue in a better way.
1: Yeah. And, you know, what I, I just see all these people out there and I feel so bad for them every day, like, you know, days like today and yesterday where it's kind of cold and kind of rainy yeah. And you see these people out there wrapped up trying to stay warm. And you think, man, there's got to be a better way.
0: You know, the, the problem is the, the the city takes a lot of federal dollars um, and the federal government pretty much mandates that the city use this housing first approach um, in order to get this money. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of they're kind of their hands are kind of tied in that they have to use the housing first and that model's not working. Um, basically, the housing first model, to sum it up, is they will take and put people into housing services, whether it be for mental health or addiction or alcohol. Um, that is, if the person wants it, then they mm-hmm. can accept it. But uh, there, there's nothing saying they have to, you know, accept these services if they have the issue. So these people are coming into housing, and within a week, they're back out on the street. Uh, addiction is a very tough issue and they're they're right back on the street where they're you know doing drugs drinking whatever it is that their hang hanging up is mm-hmm. so That's it's rough. a it's a big problem
1: yeah i didn't know that they, it was just a completely optional thing you'd think it would be more like hey if you want to live here you need to do these things too and it will evaluate you and if you don't need them great you could you don't have to do it but
0: that, that's kind of what we are pushing for uh and again the city is is honestly their 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 hands are kind of tied in that uh because of the the rules that the federal government puts on them um but it's obvious i mean we've been going down the same mm-hmm. path for years now um and the problem is just getting worse progressively. Um, you know, we're about to get the the point in time count. We're about to get the numbers from Echo. Uh, they just did the point in time count. What? It's a month and a half to two months ago now. And Estimated right now, and these numbers are very low. About forty-five hundred unhoused or unsheltered homeless folks in the city, and about a thousand sheltered homeless folks. And that's that's a that's a low number. That's kind of spitballing it, um, but the, we're, we're thinking that the numbers are closer, anywhere between seven and eight thousand unsheltered uh, homeless folks in the city.
1: Is there enough housing for for unhoused folks in the city? Hey, guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys.
0: No. Um, so. I, you know, well, that that's that's a good question. I mean, it, it really depends on who you ask. I'm not an expert in that uh, mm-hmm. by any means. Um, But the problem is, is even if there was enough housing, let's say there was a, you know, a a whole half a city worth of houses that you could, you know, give to these homeless folks, it it still wouldn't work. Because again, there is a reason that they're homeless in the first place. Mm -hmm. Rather, like I said, whether it be mental health, uh, addiction, and, you know, even money management issues, if you're having trouble managing your money. But if you're not, Addressing the reason that they're homeless in the first place, giving someone a home, especially an addict that the, a home with with <clears throat> a monthly check you're basically you know you're gonna speed up their demise, and you know that's that's a prescription for failure for sure. So you got to address the reason that these folks are homeless in the first place. Uh, if you don't do that, which they're not at this point, I, I just don't see how. It, the, it's going to be successful. Like I said, even if there were enough housing.
1: Sounds like you could possibly make it worse
0: too. I think it would. Um, I, I, I don't know how much experience you have with, with folks that are in active addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially with fentanyl, the way it's coming across the border and it's in the city so much and it's very deadly. If you give a person a way to really use those drugs and like I said, a check every month, um, it, it's going to speed up, you know, you're going to, ODs are going to go through the roof, I'm afraid, you yeah, know, and that's yeah. just going to compound the problem.
1: Yeah. That's not good. So no. is
0: there a solution? And what do you think it is? So I get asked that a lot and <clears throat> you know, as long as there's people, there's going to be homelessness. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a fact. So, but the, the problem is that you can curb the amount of homelessness, like I said, if you give people services, that when when somebody is an active addiction, um, they may decide, okay, I want help. Okay, you've got a very short window of time. Once that person decides that they want help, to actually get them the help, if they reach out to you and say, I want help, you know, you've got to get them into the system and in into a bed to get them help right then. Once that window closes. It's over. And you know, even if you give somebody a home or a roof over their head, um, if there is not services involved, it's not going to be successful. So in order to start curbing this issue, services are gonna have to be mandatory. Like you were saying, if you want this housing, if you want a roof over your head, you're gonna have to do X, Y, and Z and start working on yourself as well. Um, you know, and and you know, there's some folks in this business right now that Uh, they think that that uh, the person would have to prove that they want the housing you know they're going to have to get into they can go to a shelter start working on themselves get themselves cleaned up uh, work on therapy work on money management and then you can move into housing and be have better tools in your pocket to be successful if that makes any sense yeah i think that that's probably one of the only ways to really address the issue so
1: like uh you know Hey, you want help, you go here. So I mean, but my, my head goes to what if somebody doesn't want help? You know, is it just, yeah. do we have to make it illegal to be camping on the street? And if you can't, then you have to go face the consequences for doing what you were doing. And maybe you get help
0: then. You would almost have to, uh, you know, I talk to a lot of homeless people. We are in the camps daily. We're working with these people daily and there are a lot of these folks out there. They're right where they want to be. You know, they, they like the, and I ask them all the time, what is it about this life that you enjoy? Why why do you want this? And it's freedom. They don't have any bills. They don't have any responsibilities. They can do what they want and they're where they want to be. So the question is, what do you do with that person? You know, it's not fair for, let's say you as a taxpayer you know, you have a homeless camp in your backyard, basically, and then the city's coming out and giving you code violations because you're not picking up your trash. But they come out and offer that person, that homeless person housing, and he refuses. So you would almost have, I mean, the camping ban is in place, I think, for just that sort of issue. But the problem is, it's not being enforced. You know, you can go, uh, the crime reports for the city or are very public. You can go onto the the city of Boston's website and search it. Um, there, one area of the city where Bolden Creek is at, there wasn't one camping violation ticket issued in all of 2022, not one. And that is a big area, uh, the Bolden Creek Greenbelt. That's a massive area for homelessness, and you know that leads into the other issue where the city is spending. You know, the the last time they cleaned that green belt, they spent over $100,000 cleaning that green belt. And within two weeks of them, they came in, offered the people shelter, got them out of there, went in with the contractors and the crews, got it all cleaned up. This was uh, a month and a half, almost two months ago now. And today, as we sit here, it is worse today than it was two months ago. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is to that. Um, it would almost, you know, the city would almost need a, a homeless police, so to speak, to enforce these issues around the city. And, you know, we're we haven't, we, we, you know, the city's already having enough trouble, you know, staffing police officers as it is. So this is just a, an issue that's just completely out of control. You know, they're spending a ton of money and they have no results to show for it, basically. So, yeah.
1: So I don't know how much you know about this because we really haven't touched on this and we didn't talk about this before. But there's the mobile loaves and fishes Mm -hmm. that seems to be really successful. Um,
0: Yeah, the mobile loaves and fishes they they help. Um, I don't know a whole lot about those folks. I mean, I I see them, I talk to them, but I don't know a whole lot about what they actually do or how they operate. Um, I know that that you know they provide food and meals when people. Are in need of food, you know, so they're doing a great thing. And uh, I know the city is talking about utilizing them a little bit more uh, in this homelessness issue, maybe trying to get people off the streets a little more, especially after the Salvation Army, the, the main shelter in Austin, downtown Austin closed or is closing um so like i said i I don't know a whole lot about their operations i'd like to look into them a little bit more and see what they have to offer but i I do know that they do you know they do the city a good service for sure
1: yeah they've got nothing but a good reputation for sure great things about them and it seems like they really have a good thing going where people go there and start to contribute to that society and right you know get, get in a good way
0: yeah for sure
1: so I think you probably have more experience with this than myself, but you know, I, I remember in uh, was it 21? We voted for that homeless camping ban to be reinstated mm-hmm. as a city, and it was like 66, 67 percent, yes, voted for that. W- why is that not being enforced? <laughs>
0: So we have some council members um, that think, so here's the thing. We we just come out of winter. Um, Obviously, winter is a tough time for the homeless folks. I know we have a better winter than most places in the country, but it does get extremely cold on occasion. And what they end up doing is there's some ordinances in place that when there's going to be cold weather, uh, severe weather outside, they kind of curb the use of the camping ban just to keep people safe. Now, I know that's kind of counterproductive, you want to, you know, keeping people on the streets. But I think the thinking behind that is, is when, you know, uh, if you go out and talk to these folks, they're pretty crafty. They are very handy when it comes to making do with what they have, Um, especially down like in the Williamson Creek Greenbelt, you know, they have. Uh, uh, generators uh, where they they've dug into the ground you know a good four or five feet they put the generator underground run a a dryer vent out of it so that the the generator can have air generators are loud and that's why they do it and then they bury them they have uh, heaters in their tents they have you know uh, they 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 keep themselves very warm that way and i think that's why the city has that in place to where you know if if there's going to be inclement weather then they stop the use of the camping ban. Now, obviously right now outside, we don't have that kind of weather going on. Why it's not being enforced, your guess on that one is as good as mine. We have a new mayor, um, and I have pretty good hopes for him. I'm going to keep an open mind at the moment. You know, he's still very new, and he uh, uh, has had some controversies already that he's been dealing with. So. I'm kind of keeping hope out that that he's going to turn it around and actually start enforcing that. I guess a lot of it could also have to do with the staffing levels of the police department. You know, there's so many other things going on. They just do not have time to deal with a camping ban. So there's really not a good answer to that question. I'm not 100% certain.
1: And I think that people, you know, not everybody knows how the city of Austin government runs too. And I think it's easy to blame the mayor, but... You know, the mayor's essentially just a, a stronger council member, just another or vote, a, a figurehead. You know, right? So it's easy to blame the mayor, but yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think he's a good guy uh, from the little bit I know about him. It seems yeah. like he's trying to do good. So I'm absolutely going to give him the benefit of the doubt too. And and I'm excited to see what he's able to do.
0: Yeah. He, he, he's had, you know, between the ice storm and, you know, he's had a lot he's been dealing with here since (laughs) he's been mayor. And, uh, you know, the, the homeless strategy office, they are starting to work. I know they're starting to work with my company a bit more, which is, something that wasn't done before, and I'm not 100% sure why that is. I don't know if it's because there is a new mayor and new council in, but I have hopes that things are going to turn around. I'm I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt at the moment. I know a lot of people here in Austin, especially if you're on Twitter, you, you wouldn't get that idea, but I, I really do have hope that that things are going to change.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. I think I'm just an optimistic person in general. Yeah. So, you know, I'd like to move on to... What do you think can be done and how can people help?
0: So, you know, right now, like I said earlier, we have um, a series of cleanups coming up. Um, the big thing that that we're going to need is volunteers to help come out and clean. Now, the way it's looking, and this is not set in stone, but the way it's looking is we're going to partner up with Keep Boston Beautiful um, we're going to, uh, have training for volunteers, um, what to do and not to do in these camps, because it can be a little dangerous in these camps. If you, you know, there's needles and things. So, um, there's, we're going to have really strict, you know, really strict rules for volunteers. We want to keep everybody safe, but uh, volunteers for that is going to be big. You can, uh, find me on Twitter. If you're on Twitter uh, my handle is at documenting ATX that's on Twitter, mm-hmm. or you can go to my website, which is uh ATX.org. And my contact information is in there as well. So reach out to me. I'm going to be adding a page to that for volunteers when we get this actually, you know, when we get everything finalized and we know the dates and we know exactly what we're going to be doing. I'm going to add a link there. Uh, but, you know, that 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 is a big thing that folks can do to help. Um, to help my company specifically, um, we do have a donate button on the website that that is, uh, you know, uh, donations are always welcome. And uh, on YouTube, uh, if, if you could go out and subscribe to my YouTube channel. All the ad revenue from my YouTube channel goes straight back into helping these homeless folks, and uh, my YouTube channel is uh, uh, at uh, documenting Austin. So that's another big way to help for sure. Awesome, and we'll put all that in the show
1: notes for everybody too, so you can just click on those links and get straight to that. But yeah, that's super. That's really cool with the uh, with the site cleanup. Yeah. Um. So you're just going to be going in abandoned homeless camps. You said they are abandoned. There's no people living there and just cleaning yeah. them up.
0: So the way and again, I'm talking with the city and working things out with the city right now. Um. And, and I think what we're going to be doing is, like I said, these abandoned camps, we're, we're not going to be kicking anybody else, you know, kicking anybody out of their tents or out of their camp. That's mm-hmm. not what we're here for um and and we definitely i I don't you know definitely don't want to to do that with anybody so yeah definitely the the abandoned camps uh, especially in the green belts the parks um we were looking at private property and we're still open to that idea but if we do do cleanups on a private property the city uh, cannot have anything to do with it mm. um but we're still looking at doing some of those uh, especially some of the larger camps that are on the private property. The, these folks, I mean, it's very expensive to clean these. Uh so we're looking at maybe helping the citizens and you know, if, if they get into a bind like that. Uh, but the way things are looking now, when the city goes in and cleans a camp out, they take care of the large tents, the the big bulk items that are very hard to get out of there that you would need machinery. And then if you've watched any of my past content, you know, I'm always griping about the they leave these camps, they say they clean them, but they they leave, there's a lot of just trash and debris left over. Uh, so I think we're going to be going in behind them and uh, actually finalizing the cleanup, so to speak, getting all the leftovers, the little bits and things. Um, and, and that's one thing that I'm talking with the city about now. Uh, that's really important because like I said, they, they leave a lot of stuff behind and it's, it's because they don't have a lot of resources, They don't have a lot of people. And it would take quite a few people to, to clean up that, you know, the little chunks and the little pieces that are left behind. So that's one thing that we're looking at. The other thing is like I was saying on the green belts themselves, actually taking a group of volunteers into the green belts and trying to get as much of that trash out of there and try to get these open back up for the public. I think that's important. Um, our green spaces are important. Austin's known for it, and it's funny, but groups like Save Our Springs and and all of these environmental groups, I reach out to them all the time, and they just ignore it. And it blows my mind that that happens, but it it's true. So, you know, we're we're gonna try our best to do what we can to to help for sure. That's awesome.
1: No, it's so cool yeah. that you're. You're doing this from the lens of, hey, these people need help. I'm here to help them yeah. and also want to help the city and the environment at the same time.
0: Well, I think there's an opportunity. You know, things are so divided politically right now, mm-hmm. and uh, we try to stay out of the politics completely. Uh, it's, a, it's a such a divisive issue. And, and if we're going to tackle this issue and we're going to actually help people and we're going to help the environment and we're going to help the citizens of Austin, uh, we're going to need the left, the right and the center and everybody to come together on this issue. It's not a it shouldn't be a very political issue, so to speak. It, I mean, we all want what's best for people. You know, nobody wants to see somebody sleeping on the concrete that doesn't want to be there. So we try to stay away from politics as much as possible. And I, I think that's I think that's important. Um, we need everybody together for sure, and and we're we're trying to bring more people together. And if you look on my Twitter, it's it's actually kind of funny because we're I have a lot of left, right, and center people on there, and that you know we all pretty much get along, so it's great.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, and I like what you said there because we all live here. You know why are we not all banding together to exactly. make it better for everybody, not just one person other? It's a
0: it's a human issue, not a political issue, and mm-hmm. you know who you know nobody nobody wants to see. Uh, you know, a human suffering, you know, you're going to reach it. And, and you know, that that brings me to a point that I was going to make earlier. Jordan Morehead here, really quick. he wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you
1: want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on.
0: A lot of these homeless folks, they are there because they want to be there. But there are some that do not want to be there, but they that, they, you know, they, they get into this hole once you're on the street. It's very hard to get out of that. And sometimes it just takes somebody reaching down and giving a hand and helping that person. And, you know, it, it's hard to do. Not everybody has the resources to be able to do that. Um, but there's a lot of great organizations in the city that do have that re, the, the resources. But the problem is, is they're not in the camps. They're not on the street. Uh, these homeless folks have to, they have to find a way to, to not only find out how to get their name into the pipeline, uh, but they have to make their way to that office or make their way onto the internet. And that's where we come in. We're actually in the camps and, you know, we, we obviously have devices, you know, phones or tablets, and we go into the camps and the people that do want help, we, we help them get signed up right then and there instead of, you know, making them try to take a bus into downtown where these organizations are. So it's really important. I think what we're doing is making a difference. Like I said, it 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 blows my mind that that this, my little group is where it's at today, considering how it started pretty much by accident last year. Uh, but yeah, we're getting along, and and I think we're making a difference. So it's pretty important.
1: That's really cool. Yeah, I think you know, it's easy to say, oh, somebody else will take care of it or the, the government will take care of it. But yeah. like you said, they <laughs> don't always have the resources or the ability to do that.
0: They don't. These organizations, they're big. Um, you know, I did an interview on KXAN a month ago or so, and and I, I forget the guy's name, but they were interviewing him. Uh, he was the head of one of these groups here in Austin and, and he w- was saying that they don't have the boots on the ground, so to speak. And, um, you know, that, that's kind of, like I said, where we come in, we are there, we are on the ground and, you know, I have documented since, let's see, August of last year, I've documented over 168 camps in the city. That's a lot of camps and, you know, they change and they move and they morph kind of like the tides, you know, from, from week to week and day to day, they're always moving. I may see a a guy that's uh, on the south side of Austin this week and then next week he'll be in a camp on the north side of Austin they move it's very interesting how they do it and the funny thing is is there's a grapevine in the homeless community they communicate very quickly if the hill initiative is cleaning a camp on the south side of Austin the word spreads so fast on uh, you know through the community that people these homeless folks they're boxing up and moving out, you know, and, and they're moving across the street or they're moving to another camp very quickly because they're afraid they're going to lose their stuff. So very interesting how it works for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Necessity is a funny thing. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, Jamie, I really appreciate everything you're yeah. doing. I want to make sure that we get the most important question we always ask here on the podcast answered to answer here today. Could you tell our listeners what your favorite restaurant in Austin is?
0: my favorite restaurant let's see here i know you get around all over uh there's a kobe steakhouse down on 183 uh it's a japanese steakhouse hands down their uh split fried rice bowl with steak and chickens like it's the greatest thing that is absolutely my favorite restaurant for sure that and their stuffed avocado is pretty good too
1: do you remember where it is or the name possibly
0: yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just Kobe uh, Japanese oh. Steakhouse right on 183. Uh, I think it's just, so there's a half price books there. I think it's Anderson Mill and 183. Uh, it's in that shopping center right there. There's an aquarium, I think. Uh, I'm not sure if that's an aquarium, but there is a half price books right there. It's on the corner of uh, Anderson Mill and 183.
1: Got to right. try that
0: place. It's wonderful.
1: Yeah, I'm headed that way today. So maybe we'll eat there to eat dinner there.
0: Not going to be disappointed, I'm telling <laughs> you. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Jamie, again, thank you so much
1: for coming on, and thank you so much for everything you're doing for the people yes, here in Austin, uh, housed and unhoused at the same time. Um, yes, I can't wait to hear what you're doing with these cleanups, and I absolutely want to partake in at least one.
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'll. Uh, I'm going to get it posted on Twitter and our website, and uh, hopefully we'll have something to announce. It's more firm next week, week and a half, maybe two weeks out. So we're getting real close.
1: That's awesome. Well, we'll try to time this episode coming out too with that just so more people can be aware.
0: Perfect. Sounds like a plan.
1: All right. Thanks, Jamie. Talk to you soon.
0: Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye
1: Bye-bye.